welcome back to the podcast, beautiful listeners. We wanted to extend a special invite to all of you who have been listening and tuning in. You know, we talk a lot about um, embodiment on this podcast and why it's important to us, especially as women. And, you know, on this podcast, we're sharing about um, topics that hopefully are really beginning to strike your curiosity and lead to new ways of thinking and, and different breakthroughs for you as you're listening and absorbing this content um, through the podcast. But really like the next step that is important in order to see some of these um, breakthroughs be translated into your external wor- world or just like your life in general um, is making sure that you're moving it through the body. And that's essentially what embodiment is. And that's what we do inside of Sisters at Stray Collective. So we'd love to offer you all um, a 14 day free trial to join us inside and to see what it's like to take these topics that we talk about on the show even deeper, to move them through your body, to allow them to move you, and to also connect with the incredible community and and network of women that's inside. So we're going to, of course, include the link in the show notes. So every month inside, I release a new meditation and breathwork practice that's related to the topic that we're focusing on that month, and Leah will lead us in a live embodiment practice over Zoom. So that's where the whole community gets together and, um, yeah, like really dive into the embodiment of what these topics mean and how we can really um, begin to, yeah, carry it out and be and live these things out loud in our lives. So let's dive into today's topic, shall we? We shall. (laughs) Today we are putting on our myth buster hats. (laughs) We're going to bust the good girl myth. We're going to bust it wide open. (laughs) Oh my god, whoa. This is exciting. Okay. Alright, so yeah, let's start with... um, Who is she? Who is the good girl? Who is she? She... As someone we all know, even the most badass women know who the good girl is and have had some taste of her influence in their lives at some point or another. Yeah, I like to look at the good girl as an archetype. Mm. And yeah. because I, yeah, I really believe the good girl is within all of us. For sure. So she's a part of us, right? And there's mm-hmm. this kind of like archetype. And so I could embody the good girl if I wanted to. Um, and then there's some people who like you can, you see and you're like, that's like the good girl, right? So, well, it can become like restrictive. You can you can see it as people like living as the good girl in a way that's, because they don't know any other way. Mm-hmm. It's almost For like sure. living inside of this little box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so begin to think about that like what does the good girl archetype how do you she looks like you can kind of picture it right yeah it's like schoolgirl uniform plays classical piano goes to <laughs> all her kids like sport games mm-hmm. and like stays at home to cook and clean she probably was in ballet for years because her parents made her as a child she won all the spelling bees. She's so nice. Yeah. She doesn't and, disrupt 
anything. Right, right. She That is the key to me. Like, she's super accommodating to the point where she never needs anything. No, I'm good. Oh, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. No, no, I don't need anything. She's also, like, quick to be the one that, like, smooths things over if there's ever any tension or conflict. She's, like, right there to make sure it is, like smoothed over and resolved and um yeah and she's also like very apologetic Mm -hmm. she's always apologizing for everything and offering like disclaimers before presenting something you know it's like she can't just be there's just always like a an apology attached to everything as if like oh sorry am i am i taking up too much space oh were you standing there oh here take my seat it's like yeah, a constant state of of apologizing for just being, for just mm-hmm. existing as a human with needs. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's the part of us that's been domesticated mm-hmm. to be yeah to be tamed and trained yeah. by by the system and by society and the patriarchy over our entire life and beyond. You know, like that's been handed down for years and years. Yeah, she like so. plays by the rules, mm-hmm. never breaks the rules. She's, um, yeah, she's always on time. Mm-hmm. She always responds to your text right away. She's always available. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and we each have our own unique expression of the good girl. So maybe some of these kind of resonate and some don't. And so know that each of our inner good, good girl will show up differently mm-hmm. we each have our own mm-hmm. relationship to her and our unique journey with her mm-hmm. and so maybe you don't identify as the typical good girl right but there there's going to be glimpses of her within you and like what you've experienced in your life yeah absolutely yeah you know i hear from women of like all walks of life you know whether you're a mother whether you're a stay-at-home mom whether you're a working mom or um, like in some um, high achieving position and work like a ceo or you know whatever it is or you're a single lady (laughs) entrepreneur whatever you know like we all have um this relationship with our with our inner good girl because it's it's almost impossible to escape right because it's so deeply ingrained and conditioned into us from the very beginning well i think the danger is when we think we escape it Mm. because then it's just unconsciously like running in the background yeah and that's when it's actually like driving the the it's in the driver's seat uh-huh rather than when we can become aware of it yeah aware of the inner inner good girl and how the good girl conditioning impacts us mm-hmm. and then you know with awareness comes power mm-hmm. yeah what is that metaphor when you're like in a car and, <laughs> and um she's like sitting next to you and she's trying to <laughs> she's trying to be like a backseat driver mm-hmm. or maybe she's driving and you're like you can just sit and I'll mm-hmm. drive oh yeah she's in the car with you uh-huh but she's not driving the car exactly right that's it exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> it really hit that one home <laughs> so yeah okay good girl 
so yeah, I think the goal here, you know, why we want to talk about this and and speak on this topic is again so that we can have awareness over it and the way she might show up for you and the the stories and the rules the boxes she might live in so that you can have awareness and break free from some of that mm-hmm. that's really the the intention is the more awareness we can have around this we can we can look at like oh okay that box doesn't resonate with me i'm going to throw it out or that rule like that actually doesn't work for me it's not really authentic to my life and then Mm -hmm. you get to recreate your own rules your own the you know like path in life that you consciously decide to live in rather than following someone else's because essentially the good girl is like yeah patriarchy kind of wants to tame and train and control women Mm -hmm. um and so that like oppression has created this good girl so we we think that we'll be rewarded right so that's we're the good girl and that's the myth right that's the myth that we're busting is that you just as you were just putting it is like you have to play by these rules in order to be liked or in order to you know going back to one of our most deeply ingrained conditioning around like being marriageable Marriageable, marriageable, <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, no, huh. for real, for real. You mean so like it's... wiped up? <laughs> yes, yes, because literally, like back in the day, that was like the greatest aspiration an ambitious woman could have is just becoming like the most marriageable woman she could be, you know. So, yeah, it's like just. The myth is, the good girl myth is that we have to play by these rules, by this rule book. We have to behave and we have to be nice and we have to be likable. And And um, self-sacrificing. Right. It's like praise. To be like, oh, you're so selfless. Yeah. Yeah. To be everything to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. The the issue is the rules are just really outdated. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's, yeah, there's like, it's this dusty little outdated rule book mm-hmm. that, again, it ca- it'll result in these, like, self-sabotaging um, patterns, basically. So people-pleasing and self-sacrificing and compromising your own needs and desires But it's important to understand that's so ingrained in us and we do these things because a part of us feels like we have to in order to fit in, in order to be accepted, in order to survive because that's how it used to be. And we think like if we do that, then we'll be rewarded, right? And so it's important to understand like this has been going on for so long. It's so ingrained in us that again, unconsciously, we really truly believe like, no, I can't cause a fuss. I can't cause mm-hmm. a confer- like a conflict mm-hmm. because I won't be accepted. I'll be thrown out. I'll be, yeah. you know, rejected. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, that's also interesting to look at the way boys and girls are treated. Because a lot of times, um, and again, this isn't like pointing fingers at anybody or blaming anybody. It's just simply like so ingrained in us that it's just how it is a lot of times where boys and girls, the way that they're raised, boys are praised for their accomplishments, for for what they do. And girls are praised for how they are. And so that's, 
you know, um, you can look at it like boys are verbs and girls are nouns. And so that leads to so many other things, right? Like that makes sense why women are then so conscious of their behavior. We're so overly aware and critical of our behavior all the time, right? And also why we end up feeling objectified, like objects, you know, because we're looked at as nouns and boys are looked at as verbs and like they get away, you know, quote unquote, get away with with bad behavior because they're praised for what they do. And women are girls, little girls, a lot of times are praised growing up for how well behaved they are. You know, oh, look at Susie. She's so sweet. She's such a <laughs> sweet girl. Like, and oh, look at Ricky over there. <laughs> sure is a go-getter, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's a wild one. And yeah, so it's it just starts like from a very young age, um, you know, this this good girl archetype. And I think it's also important to note that um, the good girl exists because women are really good at what we do. So when we're being praised for something over and over again, we're like, okay, like, I'm gonna keep doing that, I guess, you know. So like, (laughs) nothing against us as women we're just really good at what we do and what we've you know this is what we've been taught right um but then it puts us in this really awkward position like this tiny little tightrope that we're constantly walking between being too much you know we don't want to be too pushy or bossy or not being enough you know so like you know, there's always this feeling of women like I'm not skinny enough, I'm not tall enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not um, smart enough, like, you know, whatever it is. And then it also puts us in this awkward in between of like, you know, not wanting to be too dominant, but also not wanting to be too submissive, right? We don't want to seem needy. And we also don't want to seem bossy. So then it puts us in this place where we can't fall into or like fully lean into either role so if you think about like the roles of like a dom and a sub a dom is you know assertive and they ask for what they want and they're really good at in you know influencing people and that's hard for a woman sometimes to step into that role because she doesn't want to feel like she's coming off as a bitch right and then on the other hand, like the sub, the, ro- the role of the sub is like really sinking into your desires and like being taken care of. But the good girl fears that too, because she doesn't want to seem like she's asking for too much or she's needy, you know, like, oh, it's okay. I can do it myself. You know, I don't need anyone to take care of me. I can do it. So it just leaves us like really not being able to fully receive like the the benefits from either one of those roles like really fully owning either one of those roles yeah it yeah it leaves it's like really confusing yeah it's really confusing <laughs> what like there's, how do we win like yeah and so that's why i feel it's so important to be clear on um in this book called the myth or I think it's break the myth of the good girl um the author talks about how we have invisible rules Mm, yeah basically and so basically the rules come from three main categories Mm -hmm. family religion and culture Mm, yeah 
And so a lot of these rules, they're not like laid out there for us. Like this is the rule that you're living under. It's more subtle. Mm -hmm. And, and a lot of times the rules that we're holding contradict each other. Yeah. Yeah. So like you should be a good wife and mother and you should be a career woman. (laughs) And then it's like, we can't really fully live up to either of them. And then it leaves us feeling not good enough. We're not doing enough. But then if we actually really look at it, it's like, is that, is that really the rule you want? And it's not to say like, maybe you want to be a good wife, a good mother and a career woman. Like you can have all of it, Mm -hmm. but if you have these like hidden rules that are driving you, you know, it'll leave you again feeling like, because if you also have another rule, if you're you're making these rules like consciously for yourself and you're like, I want to be a good wife, mother and career woman. And I want to take care of myself. I want to prioritize myself. I want to feel good and have vitality, you know, then it's like, okay, cool. This will create harmony Mm -hmm. rather than just these like really almost, yeah, harmful rules that are, yeah. If you look at it, it's like, this is contradicting. I will (laughs) never live up to this. I can't, I can't follow all these. Uh Uh-huh. And yeah, and it's interesting to look at those three categories, family, religion, and culture, because we'll all take on rules from those in different ways, Mm -hmm. right? Like, from if you maybe growing up, you had religious parents, or you were like grown up, like raised in the church or whatnot. One of the biggest rules that religion puts on women is around sexuality. So expecting women to be pure. um, And then that causes them to be, to internalize shame when they experience any sort of natural sexual desire. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe you, um, you know, didn't grow up in in religion like that. And so you're going to, you're going to like take on different rules around religion and family and culture. And so it's interesting to start looking at some of this. So if you're listening and you're like, what, what is my inner good girl carrying? Look at those three categories and see what comes up from there, right? Like what did your family say when you were younger or what rules do they live under that you might've taken on? Um, Because again, we don't really do this consciously, but we'll carry that with us unless we really look at it, right? Yeah, and I can remember, you know, that brings up memories from when we were little girls. And a lot of the rules that we lived under were um, behave, behave. And we were really well behaved, (laughs) you know? And I can remember like... um, you know, on one hand, like, I can look back and be like, okay, I appreciate being raised in that way, because I do feel like it gave me, um, you know, it taught me how to treat other people really well, and how to be respectful, and how to be considerate, and all these things that I value now about myself. And at the same time, I can also see how it contributed to um, my good girl really, like, being in the driver's seat most of my adult life until the last, you know, few years when I started to really realize what was going on and and realize that my conditioning was really influencing how I was showing up in a way that I didn't want to show up anymore. You know, I I didn't want to necessarily always have to behave or um, 
you know, not ask for too much or, you know, just be seen and not heard. You know, I started to realize like, wait, fuck that. Like, I don't, I don't want to live like that, you know, but so it's helpful to look at like some of the things that you heard when you were a little girl, like, what did you hear from, from your, you know, your parents or your grandparents or whoever it was that was really raising you? Like, what were some of the, the rules that you gave, that gave you, they gave you at a young age? Um, Cause that can really influence like how you show up now even as an adult. Yeah. I think the part of the good girl that I see in myself the most is the perfection perfectionist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it was not good to make mistakes when we were little. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, like Leah and I, <laughs> we sometimes have like different memories of, <laughs> of what it was like, um, kind of like what we remember from our parents like when we were little and I think that um it's interesting to see like yeah how the older sibling and the younger sibling remember things differently (laughs) I will say I feel like as an older sibling if anyone else resonates with this um there was a lot more pressure on me as the older sister um but that's okay you know like that comes with being the older sibling it's like you have to really be the one setting the example and making sure <laughs> you two don't get into trouble you and you have to so good, take Amanda. care of yourself and your little sister. <laughs> we Anyways. got into so much trouble. <laughs> Not really. Ooh. Just, yeah. Anyway, We were bad sometimes. <laughs> we can do another episode on our childhood. <laughs> what do you remember? So, um, about that? <laughs> no, what do you- what, like how you're a good girl oh you're inner perfectionist yeah how does that show up for you now like where'd that come from um you know I'm not really even sure if I know where it came from okay I just know that I that's how I experience it okay okay um and it was interesting one of my mentors helped me to like put these dots together um, and she kind of shined a light on that of like, I think I see some good girl, um, mm. energy here around like your perfectionism, yeah. like energy. And I was like, what? <laughs> Me? Me? <laughs> no way. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, you're right. You're totally right. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so yeah, it's like for me, um, one of the ways she shows up, yeah, it's like the perfectionist. So it's like, um... I want to be the best. I put so much pressure mm. on myself to like do all the things yeah. and like get it all done and be really, really good at it. And that can be a lot to carry. It can be yeah. like very, it's yeah, overwhelming and draining. And um, again, that book I was mentioning, the Break the Good Girl Myth, she talks about there's five main myths of the inner good girl. And perfection is one of them. Mm. So she talks about this myth of perfection, um, which basically is like, I must perform at a high level at all times in all areas of my life without breaking a sweat. Oh, shit. And then the tendency is to demand perfection in yourself and and others, (laughs) which I also do. I can be really hard on Uh those close to me. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, like, freak out if things aren't perfect or, like, they yeah. don't go according to the way I thought they were going to go. It, mm-hmm. like, disturbs me. 
<laughs> and so then yeah, like it's relatable. The, yeah. Yeah. She talks about the strategy for for approval is being the best at everything and better yeah. than everyone. Yeah. So it's like in order for me to be good and rewarded, I'm gonna be the best. Yeah. But the thing that you lose with that is your vulnerability, your creative confidence, and your authenticity. Oh, yeah. Which I was like, damn. Mm -hmm. So true. Because that's, yeah, I mean, it's so true because, yeah, like, you don't really... seen in your flaws. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Or like, hey, I need help. Yes. Or this is what's really going on. Or I'm going to need to take time off or whatever it is. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. And the four others she talks about, the myth of rules. So if I follow the rules, life will be easier and I will get ahead. Yeah. The myth of logic. It's best to follow my mind and intellect over my body and intuition. Mm, Wow. The myth of harmony. If I just go with the flow and avoid being difficult, there won't be any problems and everyone will get along. That, yep. Such a good one. I relate to that one so much. Yeah. Go with the flow. Like, I'm good. I'm fine. I don't need anything. (laughs) And like always wanting to smooth. Yeah. Like anytime tension or conflict comes up, it's like, ooh, got to fix that Mm -hmm. immediately. So that one, the tendency is to seek harmony instead of embracing the conflict needed for change. The strategy for approval, being easy to get along with. (laughs) Easy and likable. Easy and likable. And then what you give up is your truth and your voice. That one just hit home for me. Ouch. Ouch. Yeah. And then the final one, the fifth one, is the myth of sacrifice. So that one is I should prioritize the needs of others before my own yeah that's a big one too yeah like putting everyone before yourself and like what you were saying Mm self-sacrificing just to the point of like oh my self-care can wait yeah that's what it says yeah selfless helpful saving the day yep yep and tendency to put others needs above your own at the expense of your self-care and well-being yeah so then it's like it's like the superwoman coming in to save the day mm-hmm. but then she ends up so resentful because mm-hmm. she's like who's saving me who's mm-hmm. helping me you know like internally that's what she's screaming you know but on the outside she's like i can do it all yep yeah wow yeah i this is yeah like going back to what you were saying leah about the rules i think this is um so we were just actually talking about this in our last women's circle about how it's important to have like your set of core values in life. And these really become your new rule book, right? Like they become your guiding force, your like inner compass, because um, that's essentially when you get to say like, this is what's actually important to me. So instead of being liked, being likable, being you know, superwoman or like self-sacrificing or harmony and um, perfectionism, instead of these being the rules that you're living by, it's like, well, maybe it's authenticity. Maybe it's adventure. Maybe it's connection and intimacy and and truth and um, vulnerability and, you know, whatever it is for you, like really, I think it's really important that you get clear on those because that's how you start to carve your own path as a woman uh, as a human really and that's really what Leah and I did you know like we I don't think we even realized that's what we were doing at the time (laughs) but you know when we sold all of our things in Denver and moved to Costa Rica that's essentially what we were doing we were like nope I'm not gonna subscribe to these 
rules or um, these expectations of what, you know, everyone is expecting us to do and how to be and we're just going to do something totally different. But it felt at the time like this is what we had to do. Like it felt like that was that was our truth. And that was what, you know, was really lighting us up and like pulling us forward. And nothing else in our life was really doing that at the time. And so, yes, now we look back and we're like, that was us breaking out of the good girl box, you know, for like in a really in a really big way. But of course, there's ways that you can do that, like in your everyday life, you know, (laughs) you can do that by like, for example, um, not apologizing to your intern when you have to ask them to do something again, Mm -hmm. or like by um, asking your partner to pick up uh, the mm-hmm. kid from school or to pack their lunch the next day and not apologizing when you ask them to do it mm-hmm. and coming at them with a direct direct uh request too right instead of being like oh you never do this or oh I'd be man you know like I'm always having to do this all by myself sure instead, would be nice sure would be nice man wouldn't that be the day you know it's like <laughs> no it'd be like hey tomorrow you're gonna pack this the kids lunch and pick them up at this time this is where you have to be you know like practicing um embodying dominance and dominance not in a like dominance can have like this weird connotation but it's more just like authority and power and influence and assertiveness and also and then maybe you want to really practice embodying submission and being like hey (laughs) i would love for you to take care of me i would love for you to plan the date night you tell me where to be and what to Mm -hmm. wear and you know like really practicing the embodiment of your um, of these roles instead of staying in the smush in that weird little tightrope of walking in between the two, like really practice leaning into one or the other. And yeah, and you can do those in small ways, um, throughout your life and in everyday life and really practicing and, and living out your core values, like living by your own rules. Oh, that's what we were talking about. We were, our last women's circle was about the queen archetype and one of my favorite things about the queen is that she lives by her own rules. Mm-hmm. She doesn't live by anyone else's rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's a great place to start, you know. So seeing and feeling into which part of the good girl do you really relate to? And what invisible rules might you be currently living under? Mm-hmm. And then from there, you can start to reshape the the relationship to your inner good girl and to and what rules you live under yeah so and then yeah like the embodiment is really important like actually maybe putting yourself in a situation where it might um bring up conflict right like asking for a need or being really vulnerable or disrupting the peace you know yeah or yeah. Just like not saying anything, like holding back the urge to fix, mm-hmm. to fix the conflict and Say just like no. sitting back and like letting it be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's the most important piece to this is the embodiment, you know? And, and that's why, um, you know, like women know these things, right? Like we know that we can be powerful and have influence and 
and we can ask for what we want and we can, you know, be so deep in our um, like feminine essence. But there's one thing to know something and then there's another thing to like practice it and live it and embody it. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's why Leah and I do what we do now. Like, that's why we are so um, passionate about teaching women about embodiment, the art of and practice of embodiment. And that's why we do these practices and everything that we offer, literally everything that we offer. Um, because that's, yeah, that's how you actually start to see, um, like, changes and the transformation and the beliefs that you know inside of you you start to see it um, in the world reflected around you so yeah so the next opportunity if you want to do something like this do something wild and crazy something like that your bad girl would be into um, we are hosting the liberated woman in denver colorado coming up on august 27th if you're in the area or nearby, um, you're definitely welcome and invited to join us. Um, it's definitely going to be an experience that is letting the good girl just take the back seat and inviting your inner bad girl to to sit in the driver's seat and to really like, yeah, like see what she's all about, what she wants, how she wants to show up, um, how she holds herself and carries herself. And there's a lot of liberation in that, you know, because the bad girl doesn't live by these invisible rules. You know, she's not afraid to act out and to misbehave and um, to be her unruly self, her wild, untamed self. Yeah, it's really about remembering our natural essence, the wildness within mm -hmm. us. This is our natural way of being as women and there's this uprising happening right now where we're really remembering that mm -hmm. yeah. and it can be really powerful to do that in a space with other women yes you feel so like at home yeah truly yeah at home so yeah like Amanda said there's a few spots that still remain mm -hmm. um yeah, yeah and the experience it's we're gonna be really working to dissolve and release shame and yeah. step into your authentic self-expression, whatever that means to you. We include lots of tools and resources to integrate this work um, and support you before and after the experience. And you also get to connect with the whole network of women who are yeah. total badass, badasses <laughs> badass women yeah and you know like you know you might be thinking like why would i want to unleash my inner bad girl and um yeah for those who may not just like really connect right away with like what that means and why you would want that you know think about just you know everyday benefits um from feeling liberated in in your expression um you know when you're when you're living that way there's a lot less anxiety there's a lot less um tension that you're holding in your body there's a lot more easefulness in the way that you hold yourself and carry yourself and the way that you move through life because you don't feel like you're being trapped in this box anymore you know you truly feel this sense of liberation and with that comes like you know more confidence 
more radiance, more ease. And, you know, I think we all desire those things. Um, another opportunity, if you're not in the Denver area, is our online membership, Sisters That Stray Collective, like we mentioned at the beginning of the show. The month of September is all about the seductress archetype. So that will definitely be a fun topic to dive into and embody together. So you're invited to join us in there as well. And yeah, we'd love to hear your good girl stories. Like, what has it been like for you, um, your experience with your good girl archetype? And um, yeah, what's a commitment that you'd like to make to breaking free of these invisible rules? Yes. You can share with us on Instagram at Sisters That Stray. We'd love to hear your story. And we would also love to receive support from you. If you love coming back to this podcast, you are loving the episodes and it really resonates with you and um, is impacting you, we would love to receive uh, support from you. So you can support us by leaving us a review on iTunes. You can leave us a five-star review and we would extra appreciate it if you left us a written review. This really helps people to understand if this would be the right podcast for them and essentially get the podcast into more women's ears. Yep, we're even going to give away a free month inside the collective to um, a couple lucky reviewers. So if you leave a written review, you'll be entered to win a whole free month inside the collective. All right, thanks so much. Thanks for joining us. We'll catch you next time.